Welcome back to Plastic Surgery Decoded, the podcast where we demystify plastic surgery and unpack it into relatable concepts. I'm your host, Dr. Regina Newham, and today we're talking about the limits of plastic surgery, pitfalls along the way to obtaining the desired outcome, what you can do to help achieve your best results, and what to do if you're just not happy. Remember that this podcast reflects my experience and my opinion. It is not intended to give formal medical advice, but instead you can use it to gain insight, whether you're actually considering a procedure or you're just curious. So settle in for a listen and enjoy. When people hear the term plastic surgery, I think many times what comes to mind is a sense of magical transformation, something kind of mysterious, that this highly trained person, the surgeon, can use a scalpel to transform another person, whether it be for cosmetic, aesthetic purposes, or reconstructive surgery, though most times people are not really sure how. Of course, people know deep down that's not very realistic, this magical transformation, but it's nice to think about, and still there's that glimmer of hope that someone else could suddenly make us better. And these days, many people have come to think of a plastic surgical procedure as a passive service. It's having something done the way one might think of having a haircut, but on a much different scale, of course. But let me share with you a better way to look at it. Undertaking a surgical procedure is actually a partnership between surgeon and patient. It's like a careful dance. Just like with a partner dance, there has to be both trust and communication between the surgeon and the patient. The trust is give and take. The patient trusts the surgeon to give the best advice and do their best job they can for the procedure at hand. The surgeon trusts the patient to be compliant with their post-operative instructions and to be forthcoming about issues such as smoking history and baseline medical problems, which can affect the success of the procedure and increase the risk of complication. And adequate communication is most crucial. This helps make sure the patient and the surgeon have similar expectations for results. Well, most of the time, this partnership leads to a happy surgical outcome. But continuing with our analogy, sometimes the dance falters. Why could that be? We'll talk about five possible reasons. So let's delve into some of the factors which can limit surgical outcome. The first possible reason for result not equal to what was anticipated? Not having realistic expectations. And this is where communication plays a big part. Expectations must be what we refer to as realistic understanding what can and cannot actually be accomplished with surgery. So, not having the appropriate mind frame when thinking about outcome goals can lead to disappointment. In fact, three worrisome scenarios to surgeons are those in which patients expect perfection, patients expect results to be static or unchanging afterward, or patients don't want to hear anything about the risks. In each of these situations, patients don't have the full picture, and they are setting themselves up for dissatisfaction. Especially with cosmetic procedures, it's important to know that never will there be a truly perfect result, though sometimes we can come close. And of course, one person is always going to have a different result than someone else had, no matter what. So you can't really compare that way. Surgery is not an exact science, despite how much skill and preparation go into it. But all of this can be difficult for some people to accept with a compounding factor being that we're currently in the age of Instagram, selfies, and often unrealistic or misleading social media influences. There may be constant pressure to try to transform into a look that is not possible. 
This problem is accentuated by all of the photo editing tools readily available out there, which can delude and actually lead to psychological stress. Having the self-confidence required to see through and recognize this phenomenon can be pretty tough. Furthermore, computer software morphing of before pictures into potential after pictures can fall into a similar trap. These can be a wonderful illustration tool for a plastic surgery consultation. Really great. But remember, they are computer-generated. They cannot truly predict human results. A second factor which can limit surgical outcome is that a patient's starting point and ending outcome are limited by that particular patient's anatomy. For a cosmetic surgery, it's not as simple as just pointing to a picture of a feature on someone else, like a nose, and saying, I want that. While this is a helpful illustration of a desired change, the surgical possibilities for a particular person may be limited by the shape and size of their underlying structures, or the amount of overlying skin to utilize, or the resilience of their body's tissues. Likewise, for reconstructive procedures, especially after a traumatic injury, there may be limited materials, so to speak, to work with. Our best outcome is one that is better than the starting point, and it is not likely to be an exact restoration of what was present before the injury. A similar concept exists for parts of the body which were either born deformed or absent, never there to begin with, such as an ear, a breast, or whatever the body part may be. The reconstruction of these, most times, will be a great improvement, but not perfection. It's important to recognize this and to be okay with it. A third potential factor which may limit outcome is safety concern. This could take the form of reducing how much is performed at one surgical setting, due to concerns about impairing blood supply to the tissues. Or the opposite, the magnitude of surgery potentially causing too much bleeding and risking the patient's health, so lesser goals are set. And this concept of safety can be expanded to refer to the patient's overall health issues. For example, some health problems are worsened by being under anesthesia for a long time, so the procedure may need to be shortened. And that means not as much can be attempted or accomplished during a single surgery. A fourth, less common circumstance may relate to the expertise level of the surgeon, who might be more comfortable with certain procedures rather than others. An outcome can sometimes be impacted. Hopefully a frank discussion would occur prior to surgery to lead to a surgical plan with the most potential for success. The fifth possible reason for limitation in outcome is simply the unforeseen. You and your surgeon may be as prepared as possible, but the human body is not fully predictable. We never know exactly how it will respond to intervention. A loose analogy might be that of a meteorologist who analyzes the weather data to the fullest and has a very good idea of what should happen, but cannot completely control or predict Mother Nature. The difference, of course, is that the surgeon plays an interactive role in this outcome, as opposed to just observing and interpreting. But the point is that outcomes can have multifactorial components, and only some of those can be controlled by the surgeon. And lastly, Satisfaction with the surgical results sometimes may just come down to the underlying reason someone is pursuing surgery. If the reason is not properly grounded, that could spell trouble. Relationship problems, social rivalry, general feelings of inadequacy, and psychological disorders are all very poor reasons to undergo a surgical procedure in hopes of transforming oneself. Expecting various aspects of one's life to blossom as a result of the planned surgery often end up in disappointment with an erroneous assumption that the procedure was a failure. And of course, this circles back to the concept of unrealistic expectations, which we discussed in the beginning.
Before moving on, I do want to touch on a psychological disorder that I think you should be aware of, which commonly results in disappointment after surgery, and that is what's called body dysmorphic disorder, or BDD. It affects both men and women for a total of about 2% of the population, which translates to 1 in 50 people. And in the group of people who seek out cosmetic surgery, it's even more common. It's been reported that up to 15% of this group may have body dysmorphic disorder. It's a disorder that's manifested by hyper-focus on a perceived physical flaw, which becomes extremely exaggerated in the person's mind, and they can't shake it off. Now, most of us are self-conscious about appearances or may have some anxiety about certain body or facial features, but that's not what I'm talking about. BDD is quite beyond that. It is an actual obsession and causes the person to excessively check in the mirror and to go to great lengths to camouflage the involved area. Social interactions can be impaired because of it as well. Needless to say, this particular group of people are rarely satisfied with the surgical outcome. In fact, it's estimated that they are satisfied less than 10% of the time, which is pretty low. As a result, there are some plastic surgeons who will request their patients undergo psychological screening before they agree to operate. Okay, we've talked about many factors which can limit results from plastic surgical procedures, but what can a patient do to maximize the potential for best outcome? What's helpful? Well, an active role is important here. Start by having a good understanding of the choices. A formal individualized consultation is key for this, so the procedure can be planned such that it is tailored to your specific needs to achieve your realistic outcome. This is the time to speak up and communicate your preferences, to listen to the feedback given, and to present to the surgeon all the pertinent medical information in your own history that you can to help avoid problems later. Also, recognize that every one of us has some baseline anatomical limitations and irregularities. We may not be very aware of this, as the differences are sometimes subtle. For example, many times patients don't realize before surgery that they're not as symmetrical as they thought they were until it is pointed out to them in photos or in the mirror. It's a fact that no one is truly symmetrical to start with, ever, and they won't be perfectly symmetrical afterwards. It's important to recognize this from the start as it must temper expectations. Of course, that doesn't mean one can't strive for symmetry. It can often be improved greatly, but improved is the key word here. In addition, it's helpful for a patient to do some soul searching and have insight into what really underlies their goals. Sometimes there is such a deep emotional attachment to their motivating factor and such high expectations that this will change their life that very few outcomes will actually be satisfactory. Next, follow your pre- and post-operative instructions as strictly as you can. These are best practices generated from your surgeon's experience and expertise. They are given for your benefit, so try not to take shortcuts. Additionally, realize that the final results take time. Achieving final outcome is a process which can take months or longer, and results can change significantly over time, mostly for the good, but occasionally for the worse. Pleasing results seen early after surgery may also shift with time or with weight changes, with natural scar tissue from healing, with aging, and with gravity. Also, certain outcomes may need regular interaction or treatments in order to be maintained. Of course, most times the best way to think about results is that they are a nice reset of the aging clock, which, as you've heard me say before, still keeps on ticking. 
Okay, now what if things just don't turn out the way a person hoped and they're unhappy? What to do? Well, first we must distinguish if this is related to a complication or it's just not achieving an expected outcome. Complications happen. Surgeons do what they can to reduce risk, but the risk is never zero. Remember, your surgeon is your advocate and partner in this endeavor. They will do what they reasonably can to mitigate whatever problem or complication occurs. Many times they are successful, though sometimes it's not as much as either you or they would like. The possibilities of risks and their sequelae need to be understood beforehand or the surgery should not proceed. Yet what if it's not an actual complication, but it's just that the outcome is not what you had planned or hoped for? Again, here is where collaboration with your surgeon is key. He or she can tell you how close you are to the maximum expected improvement from any given procedure, and they can help figure out if a revision or touch-up procedure is warranted or feasible. And what if you're just not satisfied? Should you seek a second opinion? Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, sometimes two heads are better than one. But do keep in mind your original surgeon probably knows your situation and your individual anatomy best. Trying to work things out with them first is usually the preferred step, as most of the second opinion doctors will end up telling you. As we conclude, I want to leave you with this thought. The things that can be accomplished with plastic surgery can range from changing the smallest detail to creating a new look on a large scale. It can be quite rewarding. But as you consider it, understand that the process of having a plastic surgical procedure is a journey that the surgeon and patient take together. Each plays their part in doing what they can to ensure the best outcome, so no one can take a passive role here. Working together is the key to success. Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please share this podcast with someone else who might be interested. And while you're at it, check out the podcast website for related topics to explore. It's www.plasticsurgerydecoded.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Decoded.